There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Welcome into the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit City Cast. Going to be talking with my man and Detroit legend, Terry Foster, just a bit about the Lions, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, of course, Michigan State, and their great season under Mel Tucker. And the extension that might be a little too early for Mel Tucker after just a, a year and almost a full second season, but that one, you know, kind of shortened COVID year last year, the crazy COVID year, is it too soon? And what the future of Michigan State football could be under Mel Tucker and Michigan, Georgia in the playoffs, how I've been happily wrong about what Jim Harbaugh was able to do this season and what the future could look like for Michigan football. We'll get into all of that with my man, Terry Foster. Always an honor uh, to be able to talk with him one of the reasons I got into this business. But let's take a trip to the Motown betting window first. It's brought to you by Bet Rivers. And let's update the championship odds for the college football playoff. We've seen a little movement, actually. Uh, Alabama is plus 115. They've stuck there for the last couple of weeks. But Georgia is down a little bit uh, to plus 140, about a 15 to 20 uh, cent move over the last few days. So that's something to note. Michigan's still at 6.5 to 1 in Cincinnati is still at 20 to 1. So Georgia taking a little money 
over the last couple days. And let's get into the lines now for both the Peach Bowl for Michigan State and the Orange Bowl for Michigan and Georgia. I'll be out there. Can't wait to get down to South Florida. I'll leave a, a week from today, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun down there. I'll be doing some shows for down there. And, of course, do a post game for you, win or lose, after the Michigan-Georgia game at the Orange Bowl. The line for Michigan State and the Peach Bowl is still the Spartans minus 2.5 and Bet Rivers minus 110 both ways. Of course, no Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh and no Kenny Walker for Michigan State. That line is kind of settled after both of those uh, news items came out with the no Pickett and no Walker in the Peach Bowl. The money line for Michigan State down a little bit, minus 130 uh, at Bet Rivers, plus 108 for Pittsburgh. Total 55.5 over minus 108 and the under minus 113. That down a, a half point to a point over the last couple of days as far as the total goes. And then Michigan and Georgia, 7.30 New Year's Eve from Miami. That line was eight a few days ago. It's down to seven and a half now at Bet Rivers. There has been some money coming in on Michigan, public money, uh, but there was some obviously sharp money early on on Georgia. So it's seven and a half minus 110 both ways for Georgia and Michigan. Money line Georgia is where it's been for a while, minus 335, same with Michigan. On the comeback, plus 240 in the total at 44 and a half. I remember I've been telling you for a while now, I, I got it at 43 and 43 and a half. I still like it at 44 and a half. I think this game is going to go over. The over minus 112 right now, Bet Rivers, the under minus 109. I wouldn't take it any higher than 45. I mean, there really is no difference between 44 and a half and 45. Of course, you know, 45 would be a push, but you're not losing anything there. So unless it goes over 45, I'm still down on that total there. I think this game's going to be in the high 20s and possibly in the 30s, even with both Georgia and Michigan having pretty solid defenses and the Lions off their stunning win against the Arizona Cardinals remember Jared Goff is on the COVID list so so that line off the board right now at Bet Rivers it was Falcons minus five and a half I'm seeing some four and a halfs and fours out there but uh you know monitor that situation and, and there's other issues going on with both Atlanta and Detroit when it comes to COVID stuff so that line off the board at Bet Rivers we'll update that more for you on the Wild Wednesday show all right coming right up my man, Detroit media legend, and just one of the great human beings you could ever know. Grateful to call him a friend and a former colleague and obviously someone that I'm able to, you know, bring on these shows to share with you. Just one of the great peeps in all the land. Legendary Terry Foster comes right up. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. And here he is, a living legend in the stead of a Madonna or a Mick Jagger or a Bob Costas or hey, Joe Lewis himself. There's a statue downtown. There should be a Terry Foster statue. The I great... like the living part, though. <laughs> Do you? Joe, Joe Lewis is not alive. Yes, he is. You gotta, you gotta be alive. So we'll, we'll use the. Li- you are a living legend. The great Terry Foster joins us. It's always an honor and a pleasure to talk with you. You look amazing. I know some people are not watching the video of this, but if they aren't, they should because you look great, you sound great, and anytime I get to to rap with you, it means a lot to me, and, and I feel great. I appreciate it. You're uh, one of the great guys in the business. 
it's very kind of you to say, and, and you know how much you mean to me in so many different levels. Going back to, I, I want to tell this quick story. I think you remember this because I brought it up before. So I had come back in, in town to do radio row for the Super Bowl for Super Bowl 40 with the Steelers and the, and the Seahawks. Right. And I hadn't seen you in a while. I met you back when I was an intern with Dan Miller, uh, you know, when I was in college in the 90s and early 2000s. And I hadn't seen you in a while. And, you know, radio row for people that don't know, it's just, it's nuts. It's just nonstop, you know, long days, nonstop guests. And, you know, you got to be on the seat, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. And you being this, this kind nobleman, I, I hadn't seen you in a while, but I immediately, you know, saw you and we, we, you know, caught up or whatever. And I asked you if you'd come on and you not only offered to come on, you gave me like all these different periods of time you were willing to do it. And I just, that just sp- spoke volumes about who you are always. And that meant a lot to me, Terry. You remember that when, when I yeah. ran into well, you the first I'm time, I think free, it was like 10 years. If I'm free, I'm there for you. So bam. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. That was, a, that was a terrible Super Bowl, but it was a great experience to come in and do shows from the Renaissance Center back uh, in my early broadcast days. But Terry, you know, the Super Bowl is something the Lions have never been to, something we'll never get to. But I, I want to start with this, because, you know, not that the Lions beating the Cardinals changes anything for this season in the sense of the Lions going to the playoffs or whatever, but this is a team that has a dearth of talent, a ton of injuries, a quarterback that has you know trouble throwing the ball more than five yards down the field sometimes, no DeAndre Swift, no Hockaham, TJ Hawkinson. Okuda's been out the entire season. And the Cardinals come in as a 10-win team after a bad loss to uh, the Rams, needing a win badly to keep pace in the NFC seeding for the playoffs. And the Lions destroy them. And I just wonder, because we've talked about this throughout this year, I think the most important thing that came out of that game and the most important thing that's come out of this season is that this team is playing their asses off for Dan Campbell. And while he makes some crazy decisions, some stupid decisions, it's still only his first year. I think that that to me is something because it was the opposite under Matt Patricia. No, it absolutely were. I mean, those guys quit under Matt Patricia, but Matt Patricia made the big mistake. Before he took over, he was told one thing, one thing only, don't come in here trying to be Bill Belichick. And that's exactly <laughs> what he tried to do. Yep. Now, um, this guy comes in. He's not only a jerk to his players. He's a jerk to his coaching staff. He's a jerk to the front office. He's a jerk to the people in the community. To the media. To the media. So he thought he knew everything. He he, he reminds me of, uh, you know, who else was like that was um, – Rod Marinelli? <laughs> no, 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 no. Charlie Weiss was like that. When oh, yeah, the former Notre Dame coach. He thought he was going to come in, win national championships, smoke his cigars and everything. And Matt Patricia came in arrogant. And the thing about professional sports, I know fans want uh, a coach who's going to pound his fists and be in charge and everything. But professional sports, it's a player's league. We don't come to see the coach. We don't come to see the owners. We come to see the players. And so as long as you understand that, you've got a chance. Um, I think uh, Dan Campbell's done a good job of that. And so did uh, Jim Caldwell. Um, They both understood that this is a player's league. Now, I discovered something else after watching the Chicago Bears in the Monday night game. Oh, did you? Uh, and this, this plays well to Dan Campbell. Organization. 
sometimes you forget that you need to run a fundamental play. Chicago Bears couldn't even do that. They were herky-jerky, didn't know where to go, disorganized, didn't know the plays. And so um, that plays well to Dan Campbell, too. Sure. That, you know, I, I don't think he is a great technician. I, I think, um, uh, well, I'm pretty sure when it's crunch time, he chokes a little bit. He doesn't know what to do, and uh, he gets confused. And um, I, I don't like that as a Lions coach, particularly for a Lions coach, an organization that just hasn't won anything. You should come in with a guy that knows what he's doing, got his, you know, crosses the, the T's, dots the I's and everything, and it should not be a guy that's learning on the job. I think it's ridiculous that Lion fans accept that. Well, he's learning on the job, and they're okay with it. Forget that. Yeah, no, and I think that's the, it's totally fair, and, and this is, you know, kind of leading into to the next thing I want to ask you about. I'm all about holding even a first year, because I mean, we know that he was an interim coach in Miami for the majority of a season, but this is his own team. And I'm all about there being accountability. But that being said, and, and we obviously both have, you know agree that there's a connection to the players that's totally opposite to Matt Patricia, and I'm with you. I, I, lo- I, lo- I really like Jim Caldwell. Uh, on a personal level, I, mean, I wasn't like best friends with him or anything, but covering him, I got to know him pretty well. And you know, also professionally, I mean, yes, he would make some boneheaded in-game decisions like many coaches do because there's very few in this world that will ever be like Bill Belichick and Parcells and some others of the top-level coaches. But you looked at, at Jim Caldwell as a guy that, that, you know, commanded respect in that locker room. Guys played hard for him even when there was a bunch of injuries. These guys are doing the same with Dan Campbell. But, a, you know, I, I get the accountability part, Terry, but this guy's got such a lack of talent. Don't you think he deserves, maybe deserves is the wrong word, but should get at least two or three years as Brad Sherlock Holmes tries to rebuild the team with these multiple first-round picks out of the Stafford deal and obviously other first-round picks the Lions will have on their own merit, that he, not that it's okay for him to make these boneheaded decisions, but that he, if he makes one, doesn't do it again and learns from his mistakes. And then over the next couple of years, as the Lions build a roster, I would say there's only going to be about 20% of these players here, maybe two, three years from now, when the Lions are hopefully a, a long-term viable contender, that if Campbell can learn from his mistakes, he has the locker room, they're playing hard for him, maybe this guy could be a great coach for the Lions that they have not really had the chance of having in recent he years. Be. I, I give you a compromise. I'm willing to give him next year. Okay. And go on a year-to-year basis with this guy because – He's made so many mistakes as a head coach. I'm not willing to give him two or three years. I just sit here today and say, yeah, you get three years. I'm willing to give him next year. And sure. earlier, what the one thing I said, and I meant, really meant this, with the mistakes that he was making, and if he didn't win any games, I would have fired him. Sure. But he's I agree with that. Games. He has a tie. So um, guys are not quitting. Um you know, there's not boxes packed in the uh, dressing room and guys ready to go to Florida or down I-75. So he's deserved another year. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, the Lions were not, I mean, I picked them to go 4-13, and Terry. And, I, you know, it's the lowest I picked the Lions to go in a long time because the Lions have had merit to, to win 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever games over the last decade plus pretty much every year except for, you know, the first year they had Stafford uh, after the, the 0-16 year. And they've been, I mean, listen, they should have beaten the Ravens. They were down 24 in the two-minute warning against Frisco in, the, in week one and almost came, had one of those miracle comebacks. 
in, in recent NFL history. You know, they should have beat Minnesota the first time, but obviously, you know, gave up that quick, you know, uh, played on the field to, to Cousins in the offense, and then the Greg Joseph 50-plus yards. So they've been competitive. But then the other big question, aside from the Campbell stuff, and obviously identifying the players that, that Brad Holmes wants to be here through the rebuild, is Jared Goff. And we've talked about this as well. I, I like getting Jared Goff in the Stafford trade to a pair of uh, pocket aces because I'm a big poker player. Not that I'm saying Goff's a pocket, you know, pocket aces, but that, okay, Goff could be here for a couple years. You know, it doesn't work out. You trade him, you, you cut him. He tutors a young rookie. He ends up working out. There's all these different options because you had to move, even be this huge Stafford guy, you had to move on for Matthew Stafford. It, it, yeah, Jared Goff played great against the Arizona Cardinals, but for the most part, and I know he hasn't had a ton of weapons, he does not seem like the future. How long would you give it for Jared Goff? Same thing, two years? Probably. Uh, Jared Goff is not your long-term solution, and here's why. He makes too much money. Yeah. Um, for, for the quality of play that he's going to give you, it's not going to be worth that money. It's not going to be worth uh, having to sacrifice in other areas for the quarterback. So um, <clears throat> I'd probably give him another year or two or until that contract chokes my franchise out. And it's going to choke him out at some point where, you know, you're going to have a, a, a great defensive end. You can't sign them. You're going to have some running backs or whatever. You can't sign them because you got to pay Jared Goff. When it gets to that point, Jared Goff is gone. But in the next couple years, hopefully, some college quarterback will emerge that the Lions feel comfortable with. You can get him for a lower salary and that he replaces Jared Goff. Now, the issue when you do that, <clears throat> you're starting all over quarterback. Yeah. Just, just when Jared Goff is probably going to be comfortable, have command of the locker room, and maybe people in this town say, you know, he's not that bad. Then you got to get rid of him. Because, yeah. Only because of the contract. Well, and that, Terry, he is 26. He didn't go to Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, it's not like the guy doesn't have a chance to turn it around. But I think that this is more of a thing where you probably want to, you know, Holmes wants to identify that that rookie or, you know, the, you know someone in college and draft them and, and hopefully tutor them. Maybe Goff can be part of that or some other veteran can. Uh, but, you know, things can happen next year. Maybe the Lions get some more weapons and Swift stays healthy and Hawk stays healthy and golf looks great and it's a total turnaround, so there's options there. Uh, I want to get into Sparty first and then we'll, of course, talk Michigan-Georgia and what Michigan's been able to do uh, since the last time we talked, which was obviously before the Ohio State game. But before I even ask you about Michigan State and the Mel Tucker extension and all that stuff, I want to know if you're like me. Because you, you know me have a lot in common and I, I've looked up to you in a lot of the ways you felt about sports. And I, I, I think you might agree with me on this. I understand why, Terry. I completely get it. But I think it's kind of ridiculous that a lot of stars are sitting out bowl games. I understand that now with the playoff, that's I don't want to say that's all that matters. It doesn't. Because for my alma mater, Eastern Michigan, or your Central Michigan, the, the bowl games do matter. You build a program that way. Eastern's never going to be a, a top 25 team. or Well, let me say that. A top 10 type team. They could be a team that grows from going to bowl games and gets recruits and all that stuff with Chris Creighton or Central same way. But, you know, you got Kenny Walker out. You got Kenny Pickett out. And I know Pickett was frustrated because Whipple, his OC, went from uh, Pittsburgh to Nebraska and took the same job there. But am I, am I in the... Am I being crazy to think that it's ridiculous 
for a lot of these guys to sit out bowl games? Should they be playing for the team that they that made them famous, that gave them the, the ability to become a an overall top five pick in the NFL draft or whatever it ends up being? Or am I not being fair enough to under... I understand why they're doing it, but I, I think I they, agree they need with to you. Play. I would not use the, the word ridiculous because it just shows how insignificant bowl games are. Unless it's, you know, maybe the New Year's Six or a playoff bowl game. Um, yeah, but they're sitting out of the New Year's Six games. Kenny Walker and and, and, uh, and Pickett are both playing in a New Year's Six game. They're out. But you know what? Those That's not a New Year's Six game to me. It's not playing <laughs> on, hey, a New Year's Six game should be played on the New Year. How about that? I know, but they, they can't do that every year now. Yeah, but they're, they're trying to give give them more significance than they actually are. Um, you know, if you don't have anything to play for, why go through it? Why go through it? Um, you you if if you play a regular season game in November, you have more time to recover from an injury. Uh, if you play in a bowl game on December thirty first or January first, you have less time. And now in this society, I think now players look look how much money I can make if I'm healthy. Sure. And if you're not healthy, guess what? First round picks become six round picks. Yeah, Terry Jake Butt Jake Butt had that terrible injury in the Michigan Bowl right. game and it really kind of hurt his NFL career. I, I like I said, I am totally understanding of it. I just feel like there are so many players that are worried about that that it's just taking away from I don't want the bowl games to be absolutely meaningless, but it's it's making it look like aside from the playoffs, they definitely are. Brother, they are absolutely meaningless. Um I mean <laughs> they are. I mean they're, I they're, they're games we really don't care about. Bowl games are not set up to reward teams. Bowl games are set up to reward municipalities. Memphis, Orlando, uh, Phoenix. <coughs> Excuse That's me. a Whoever great point. A bowl game, they want to get as many people as they can in the stands. They want TV exposure. They're trying to make money for the guys that wear these gaudy-looking suits or jackets <laughs> Uh, it's for the mayor of those cities and everything. Players, yeah, they get neat goodie bags, but that's about it. No, that's that's a completely fair and, and, and understandable point, and I totally agree with that part of it. It's just, you know, I, I remember as a kid, I, I mean, whether it was the Rose Bowl or whether it was the Holiday Bowl or whatever it was, and obviously there were a lot less bowl games then, you know, it mattered to me as a fan, and I know, I know that as a player now it's really – important to keep yourself healthy for the, the future. I totally get that. But speaking of money, T-Man, Mel Tucker, 10 years, you know, $95 million. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say that it's too soon because I get why Michigan State had to do it because you don't want to lose him to LSU and have his third team in three years. But is that a little crazy to, you know, I, I love that State's, you know, putting their mouth, money where their mouth is. But this guy's been there for less than two seasons. One was a COVID year. Yeah, he's 2-0 against Michigan. But he used the transfer portal like, you know, people use poker chips in a tournament. And that's not going to work every year. Is it too soon to start saying a 10-year deal is smart for Mel Tucker and MSU, even with the nice season? Well, no, and I'll tell you why. Because what Michigan State would have done in the past is they said, oh, LSU, whoever, after our coach, go ahead and have them. We can't pay them. But what State has decided to do is they're going to try to be a big boy. Big boys pay their coaches. Big boys don't have much turnover. And big boys try to compete with everybody in the nation. Right. So 
I think what people want, they want Michigan State to be the old Michigan State, where they kind of tremble and say, oh, okay, we're just happy to be here. I think this is saying, and not just State, but their alumni are saying, no, we're, we're going to try to compete with everybody. We want to win Big Ten titles. We want to compete for the uh, national playoffs, which, by the way, Mel Tucker doesn't have that pressure. If he wins a few Big Ten titles here and there, wins nine or ten games, guess what? He's safe. He's good. Now, if he goes to LSU and wins a couple SEC championships now and then, maybe wins nine or ten games, his butt's in trouble down there. So That's this for is, sure. This is a smart move for both parties. Uh, Michigan State, uh, you know, when I covered Michigan, I had to cover Michigan State as a columnist. Uh, Michigan State at that time was small potatoes and uh they were buying them their way into the hawaii bowl they were begging bowls to um allow them in they weren't even getting paid i mean they they would go to a bowl and get a check that didn't cover their expenses that's what michigan state football was all about yeah they were using this for exposure to try to get more recruits right like a commercial and you know they had a clown like john l smith slapping people (laughs) um George Perlis was jumping up and down for joy because he beat Michigan three out of seven years. And I remember what he said. And I said, George, that's still a losing record. He's well, and all that's, uh, that's not the way I look at it and blah, blah, blah. So I think we're okay with Michigan State being chumps. Uh, but when we get a little edgy when they try to step outside of that, and I think what they tried to do is, okay, this is our coach, and we're going to keep him. Now, if they had given Mel Tucker like a $500,000 a year raise, guess what? LSU, USC, or whomever, are still going to come after him. Yep. But if you say, okay, we're moving him up where this his contract is ridiculous, and if you want him, you're going to have to pay him $10, $11 million, then they're going to back down. I said, okay, we're going to leave this brother alone. So I think that's what Michigan State did is – Leave our coach alone. And it wasn't, yep. it wasn't the school's alumni. It was a lot of no. boosters got involved in that. Yep. Matt Ishbia. Right. Matt, Matt Ishbia, who I'm I'm going to uh, petition to buy the Detroit Lions, by the way. Yes. <laughs> hey, if it can work in state, it can work for the Lions. Matt Ishbia you got the Lions. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's so uh, awesome, as always, to, to be with you, my man. And, and I just got to get your feelings on this. And, you know, we've talked about this earlier in the year as well. And it's no secret, and I've, I've done my mea culpa. And it's not, I, I didn't want him to fail. I'm a Michigan fan. I wanted him to succeed. But I was so over the Jim Harbaugh experiment, I just did not think he'd be able to get the job done in the biggest moments. Because until this year, in the 10 biggest games that Harbaugh had coached in Ann Arbor, obviously the Ohio State games, the game against Iowa early in the tenure, trouble with the snap, the, the New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, you know, when you look at those, those you know, big moments in, in the Michigan tenure for Harbaugh, they were all losses. And Michigan had a chance during that Chase Williams Revenge Tour where they played Ohio State and Dwayne Haskins and the Buckets were still scoring. They won 110 to whatever it was. And then this year, all of a sudden, win at Wisconsin. You know, that that hadn't happened yet. Michigan's first win as an underdog since 2015. You know, win at Nebraska in a game that Michigan would have lost in many other years. You know, win at Penn State. Of course, they lost to Michigan State. They had the, the big lead, though. But then the, the Buckeye game, I got to storm the field here for the first time since 97. It just had that 97 feel. And to, to do what they have done in Ann Arbor, 
I obviously am so happy I was wrong about Harbaugh this year and hoping that it continues to go on. But when you look at what he's been able to do and do it in year seven, which obviously is a lot later than a lot of us expected or wanted it to be, but it doesn't matter when it happens, if it happens while he's still there. And Ward Manuel's decision to you know, give him a pay cut, but stick with him. I was at an alumni event in Indy uh, before the Big Ten title game where Ward mentioned that it was an unpopular thing. People wanted him to, you know, get rid of Jim Harbaugh. He didn't listen to them. He, he followed his heart. And lo and behold, Michigan wins the, their first Big Ten title game. They're playing Georgia for a chance to play for a national title for the first time since 97. What do you think Jim Harbaugh can take with this, win or lose, and, you know, kind of hopefully catapult it to the future and maybe start contending year in, year out with the Buckeyes. I think uh, Jim Harbaugh at this point of this season is playing with house money. Now, all he has to do, I, I think, not to tarnish what he's done is be competitive with Georgia. Yeah, you want to win. And yes, guess what? You got a shaft to win. But if Michigan goes uh, goes in there and they play Georgia, let's say they lose 34 to 31, then it shows that Michigan can play with the elite teams in the nation. That's something we didn't think they could do. We I did. Uh, you know, we saw them play Alabama and Dallas. We saw how ugly that was. We saw Michigan State play Alabama. We saw how ugly that was. Um, but it would show that he can that Michigan can play with the elite teams. And so if they let's say they lose 34-31, I don't think you're gonna be here. Fire Jim Harbaugh. Oh, this guy's a bum. Or get get them out of here, but if they lose seventy to nothing, well, <laughs> the whole thing's on us. Okay, all oh, this was a fluke. Ohio State wasn't really that good. The Big Ten sucks, and um, you know Jim Harbaugh is going to be right back in the same boat he was before. Well, yeah, that's the thing, Terry. Just to stop me for one second. I don't think they're playing with house money. That being said he's earned a little more, but they still have to, you can't just go into this game and say, all right, if they lose by a million, it's fine. You gotta, you, they played some of the, the best football overall in the country over the last month, better than Bama, better than Georgia, better than anybody else over right, that me, last month. Well, they gotta get, no, no, you're game. right. No, if you get hammered, then you're back in the same boat. People yeah. will be upset, but you are a Michigan fan, right? I am. I, I am a noted Terry. You, right. I, I say the story a lot. I, I, I'm a noted say, face painter. Let's say they, they lose to Georgia 34-31 on a last-minute field goal. Are you going to be pissed off and stomping your feet? No, no. I, I, because you, getting getting to the point that you made, it's not like I said the same thing about Michigan basketball when they lost to Villanova. It, to me, it wasn't like they were playing with house money. But yes, to be in the national title game, if they lost that game, it's still a great year. But you you have to win that game. And they should have beaten, we all know they should have beaten Louisville, Michigan basketball, for that example. And they got the screw with that Peyton Siva call. But with this Michigan football team, after how I thought that there was no chance that, uh, that Jim Harbaugh coached teams could have reached this level based on the, the, you know, the past experiences over the last six years, you know, last year notwithstanding with the crazy COVID stuff, if they, if they are competitive in this game, after what they've done this year, beating Ohio State finally, winning the Big Ten title finally, winning the East finally, I still think this season has been incredible, but then it, it, it's not. I'm not going to say that it's it's back to square one. But you've got to keep this going, Terry. 
if you're Jim Harbaugh, you can't just have one good season like Kirk Ferentz does at Iowa and then 10 years later have another one. If Michigan is going to be the team that they say they want to be, the program they want to be, compete with Ohio State, compete for national titles, compete for Big Tens year in, year out, this can't just be a once every seven, eight year thing. That's what I, that's the no. next target. Hey, you know me. what? Over the next 10 years, at the very least, Michigan should be five and five with Ohio State. I agree. Uh, at the very least, be seven and three against Michigan State. Um, and, and I know you probably want it 10 0, but that's that's not happening anymore. Yeah, it's not happening with Mel Tucker there. I, I would right. be fine with seven and three. So that's that's what Michigan State should thrive for. But you know what? And, you know, when the season began, I thought, you know what? Michigan's going to have a fine season. They'll win a bunch of games. They may or may not beat Michigan State, but they're going to get their asses handed yep. to them by Ohio State. I said the but same thing. Do you know when I changed my mind? It was, it was a silly little thing. I said, you know what? It's different in Ann Arbor. Third quarter at Wisconsin. Yep. They weren't even playing. But when they played that music, Yep. And, those, and those players were jumping up and Jump down. around. Wait a minute. These guys are different. These guys are having fun. Um, and where are the tight Michigan players that are walking around like this? They were gone. So I think I'm going to give Jim Harbaugh credit, but I think the main thing that happened with Michigan football is he got all the old farts out. Yep. Get out of here. He brought in new blood, fresh ideas, guys that could identify with those players. Now, if he had the old farts, guess what? When it was time to jump around in Wisconsin, they would say, oh, no, 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 we don't do that at Michigan. But you know what? You have to relax a little bit. Uh, I, I think one of the main problems with Michigan, y'all are just too damn uptight. <laughs> this, we, we know. That's this, true. This is the way we do things at Michigan. All the, But the rest of college football is having a blast. They're changing their jerseys. They're changing their helmets. They're uh, doing all kinds of things. And Michigan's like, oh, we can't do that. That's not the Michigan way. I think that's baloney. Terry. When those kids were jumping up and down. I wanted to jump up and down with them. I am so glad you brought that up because that was definitely a, a watershed moment in its own right. And I've been very lucky myself. I was at every Michigan home game, and I, I was able to travel on the road, of course, for uh, for a couple games as well, Michigan State in the, in the Big Ten title game. But I don't know if you're if you're if they they've shown it on TV. But there's this pump pump it up song they play after every time Michigan scores a touchdown, right. and the guys on the sidelines start raising those chairs. When I started seeing that early in the season, like you said at Wisconsin, I remember watching that live, and I'm like, I, I've never seen a team, you know, for House of Pains jump around, dance themselves during a Wisconsin game, but when they do this thing at Michigan Stadium. You are 1 million percent right, and I have not seen that. I definitely didn't see it the last six years under Harbaugh. You know, you didn't see it under Hoke. You didn't see You saw it at, at, maybe at times under Lloyd Carr. But like you said, the old farts were kind of around, and it was kind of, this is Michigan. But the joy these guys have, and, and you got to give Hutch a lot of credit. Hutchinson's a big part of that. And the new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's a, a part of that as well. You're right about these young coaches and positional coaches, you know, coordinators and coaches around these guys. And just the joy on their faces, that to me, like you said, other teams, other programs, they're having fun, they're enjoying life, they're letting these guys be, you know, the brothers that they want to be with each other, and you had not seen that often in Ann Arbor. 
And to see that over and over again at multiple home games and then see it at Wisconsin. You know, see him celebrate uh, at Nebraska when they took that little, you know, you know NFL-style picture together at the end of the game after the win. That, to me, is a big thing that Jim Harbaugh did. That is where, obviously, he's not out there coaching or not out there throwing the ball, Terry, and tackling. But that starts at the top. I had a problem in the past that it started at the top and it was, it was too nervous and too tight, like you mentioned, in, in, in spots. He loosened everything up. And that's why I think Jim Harbaugh is getting these guys to play at such a, a high level in big situations and why I have so much more respect now for what Harbaugh has been able to do this year and why I think it is possible that it can continue. And think about this. What did Jim Harbaugh do as a player that got him in trouble? Party. Well, he may have party, but he also guaranteed they're going to beat Ohio State. Oh, yeah, that too. You but I know he was a party. You don't ever do that. But he did it. Yep. Got away with it. One. So, and now, and I'm not saying that, that, that Michigan players going to be should be bold and boisterous and make guarantees and stuff. But let the, let the fellas have some fun. And, you know, here's the other thing. Um, in Michigan State, they call themselves Spartan Dogs. Yep. Um, you know, I'm tired you, of that. You're coming into the house of pain. Um, <laughs> in another state, they're the pits and everything. Right, Chuck coming. In Michigan, what 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 do you guys joke about, have fun about, or give a name to something? The big house. Whoop de do. Give you know, come come up come up with something where um, it's going to be hard. To come into Michigan and play, uh, you're gonna be playing the vicious Wolverines or something like that. Have a little fun. Football yeah. is a fun sport. It's it tough. sure is brutal, but yeah, fun. It's brutal and physical, but those dudes out there having fun. Do you have a prediction for Michigan Georgia? No, of course I do. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I was just joking. No, I I think. Um, I think Michigan is going to lose that tough game, uh, but I, I think there's baby steps. Michigan, in my mind, was not an elite program, and but there's only like four or five programs in that league. It was Georgia, sometimes LSU, definitely Alabama, Clemson until this year, and then there was everybody else. Right. I think Michigan was part of that everybody else crowd. Uh incapable of beating a team like Georgia, incapable of beating a team like Alabama. But this year, I think they have that opportunity. I think it's going to go to a game. It's going to go down to a game where Michigan players and the program will learn about itself. will walk off that field saying, you know what? Probably should have won it. Didn't quite do it, but you know what? We're feeling good about ourselves. We feel good about the future. We feel good that our program Although we talk about being elite and we're not there, maybe we are now. That's beautifully said. And by the way, so I, I painted my face for the the Ohio State game. It was the first time I'd done that. Or I'm sorry, yeah, for the Ohio State game. First time since 97, I said, or I'm sorry, in Indy. And I remember years ago, you called, one of my producers was giving me a hard time on 97 with the ticket, saying, oh, what grown man paints his face? And you called in, if you remember this, <laughs> and you said the only guy that could probably get away with that is Dan Leach, because that's who he is. And I said, I wouldn't do it again. I did it with trouble with the snap, and I said, I would not do it again until Michigan beats Ohio State in a meaningful game. So I did it in Indy. I don't know if you saw the pictures on Twitter, but you've always been a supporter of that. I know I might be 44, but I'm still a kid at heart, Terry, and I'm not going to take that yeah. off. And, and- I, I'm, I'm saying I wouldn't do it, but you can't. You're, you're the kid at heart. 
you you love the program, and that's fine. This is not my thing. No, so, but, but you're also a, you're a noble state of wisdom. I'm crazy. In Miami. I th- I'm thinking about it. I think I got to. Okay. It worked. It worked in Indy. They won forty-two to three against a top ten defense. Sure. I think I got to do it in Miami. Okay, it's going to be hot down there, and your your pace. I know it's going to melt. I'll, I'll have to put like some of that, like like uh, you know that uh, that sealer on. Like I'll spray my face with the right. sealer so it doesn't melt too much. Terry, I can't thank you enough uh, as always for coming on. It's always the best talking with you. You got any big uh, plans for the holidays with the family? Uh, we're just we're hosting uh, Christmas. Uh, Celine is coming in. My daughter's coming in the twenty third. B was here this weekend. He has something to do at Michigan State, and he'll be he'll be back on Thursday. So we'll have the family. We're just going to chill out. Um, we'll probably go downtown a little bit. There's a couple spots I like to go downtown. I want to go with my kids and just have fun. But, you know, uh, we don't do that much. Uh, we'll have a little dinner, open gifts, watch some football. That's it. Hey, doesn't get any better than that, and I, I can't wait to see you soon, my friend. And I... Wishing you and your family uh, nothing but the best for the holidays. Please follow Terry on Twitter at Terry Foster DT. And Terry, I can't thank you enough as always. It means the world to me. To you're one of my all time heroes. You know that. And to be able to to rap with you on on my show when you're one of the reasons I got into this thing, it, it's something that I I always take you know super gratitude to be able to do. So thank you as always for for spending some time with me. It means a lot. No problem. I just try to help the kids, and you're one of my kids, so. Oh, you just try to stick competitive. Just try to stick competitive. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a, uh, I got a proposal for you. Instead, I'm in. Instead of painting amazing blue on your face, you got a little bald spot up here. Yeah, just a little. It's it's, okay. it's getting bigger though. Why don't you do a block M on your forehead? You know what? I think that I think that's the be- mirroring of the best of both worlds. I think I could do that. Right. It's would I would I would, I would I use face paint for that, or would I just like have someone draw it on there? Someone draw it on it. All right, I think that could work. Yeah. Or Terry, you can get a permanent one. <laughs> I don't think my parents would be big fans of that, T man. You're, you're, uh, you're an adult now. You don't have to follow your parents. Yeah, I I, I can make my own decisions. That's right. T Swizz, you're the best. Uh, best of uh, you know the health and happiness for the holidays and New Year in 2022. Can't wait to see you soon. And once again, thanks so much for your time. You're the best, buddy. My pleasure. Take it easy. Enjoy your new year, too. You're the noblest of noblemen. That's going to do it for this edition of the Detroit CityCast. Thanks so much to Terry Foster. Give him a foul on Twitter at TerryFosterDET. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach for Terry Foster. Out. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.